The Colorado Inn and KFKA present Rams Weekly. Brought to you by Marinda Simpson State Farm Insurance. Here's Brady Hull and Kevin Lido. Welcome to Rams Weekly. I am Brady Hull. Kevin Lytle not in studio today. He is kind of going back and forth so he can take in some Colorado State basketball practice. So, um, you know, Kevin will be on the phone with us and here in spirit. Kevin, a lot of big things to talk about. About four hours ago, the football schedule is was officially released, and I've already got my predictions nailed tight, tightly down, Kevin, 100%. It's going to happen the exact way it is. Uh, but it was interesting just seeing the schedule. I think you noted, Kevin, that they don't have any back-to-back road games this year. They do have a couple of back-to-back home opportunities, but they won't be on the road two weeks in a row. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I think that's a, a good thing, not necessarily a big swing one way or another, but, you know, it's it is easier when you're, you know, at home in your bed, not an airplane. And you know, especially last year, CSU obviously had the Hawaii travel. Travel this year is really easy. You know, Texas is a flight, but it's the first game of season, easy, you know, easy trip. And then you're home for another month before Oregon State, and then it's you know another month again until they have another flying road game. So uh, Rams are going to be in their their own beds a lot this season, which again, not make or break, but not bad thing. And seven home games. You know, again, we we knew all this, but we now have the staggering of them. So no back-to-back road games, I think, is a, a good thing for CSU. If you just look at how the schedule broke down, um, overall, I think it's a, a pretty nice balance for the Rams of no – I'm not sure there's a single stretch where you go, oh, boy, you know, they may lose four straight there. Yeah, I, I, th- I feel pretty good about this schedule. Um, okay, Kevin, again, my, my picks aren't official until we get to the Friday before the game. Everybody knows that, okay? Oh, yeah, but- you, can, you can tell that this isn't Tanner's show. You know. he, but, he'd want scores. He'd oh, want he'd want everything. Yeah, you know? who's the starting, you know, who's the backup left guard week three in your mind? No, I, I, I just want to throw it out there, just kind of a vague guess at this stage. But how happy would CSU Rams fans be with a 7 five record at the end of next season yeah i think that would be um pretty widely accepted um and that's i think that's kind of where i have it when i go through you know the quick like you say the quick february 29th you know thumbs up thumbs down for each game i fall at either six and six or seven five so i'm there with you and and yeah i think those would be overall accepted um from the fan base yeah, I think so too. I mean, you get seven wins, you're bowling, and you know, I actually, you know, I got them winning some interesting games on here, Ken. We won't have to get into that in detail oh, right boy. now, but I'll tell you what, I am looking forward to that September 21st game against UTEP. No, I mean the Colorado <laughs> game. That's the one I think everybody's pumped about. Yeah, that obviously is, it's kind of funny, uh, a schedule that includes a game at Texas. Right. And the, non, the non-conference <laughs> game that everyone's talking about is is obviously that one. The yeah, Colorado one. I mean, yeah, isn't that nuts? I mean, yeah, at Texas to start this off, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's really good. But the Buffs game. Let me ask you this, Kevin. I won't I won't pull a Tanner here and ask you to make a prediction, but I kind of will. Do you think the week leading up to that game, Jay Norvell will approach things, or maybe even primetime, but Jay Norvell specifically will approach things differently, um, a bit differently than he did the season before when obviously we had a lot of turmoil and drama and things like that? Yeah, I've wondered about that. My guess, again, February 29th guess, is that Norvell and CSU are going to play the very 
quiet, focused on ourselves type of card um, rather than any, you know, anything about the opponent. But I think that maybe was the plan last year at, at one point, and then that changed as well. So there's going to be a lot of noise that week. So I'm curious, but yeah, I'm guessing CSU, um, you know, will sort of do a batten down the hatchets. You know, we're worried about our game type of mind, you know, public speaking mindset. Well, and just kind of taking a look at the rest of the schedule. And again, I know there's going to be so much to chat about once we get to that 14th, September 14th game. But as for the rest of the schedule, you know, as you said, at Texas, home against UNC, uh, us being here in Greeley, the station, you know, I'm, I'm happy about this. An opportunity for yep. UNC to get out there and get some publicity. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, we've talked about this. I think if CSU is playing an FCS game, it should basically be Northern Colorado almost every time. I think. You know, playing like a Utah Tech last year is sort of just a waste for everyone, but Northern Colorado, I think, works. Um, and yeah, the non-conference as a whole is, is pretty fascinating, you know, because obviously that CU game will draw a lot of attention, but frankly, for CSU to achieve, you know, certainly what we were saying there of, you know, our early projection record, they have to win the games on the other side of the CU game. You can't lose to UNC, you can't lose to UTEP at home. Yeah, no. I mean, you got to take care. The, the, you got to take care of that early portion schedule and, and win the games that you're supposed to win too. All right, October fifth, Kevin. That's the interesting one. This is part yeah. of that Pack Two Mountain West agreement thing. Um, they'll see either Oregon State or Washington State, I suppose. Now for what every they'll see Washington State next year, but this case they're at Oregon State. Yeah, exactly. It's the the non Mountain West Mountain West game, sort of the, <laughs> the scheduling agreement. Um, it won't count toward the, the, the Mountain West standing. So from that standpoint, it is a non-conference game. But yeah, obviously the agreement, you know, it's kind of cool. Um, I think for some CSU fans, 2020 CSU is supposed to play at Oregon State. I know there are some people looking forward to that trip. So uh, yeah, that got wiped out with COVID. So now you kind of get it back. You know, obviously, Texas is going to be the main fan travel game but i'm sure there will be some people that make their way to corvallis so that'll be a fun intriguing game and obviously oregon state uh both yeah the football program itself and the school with the pac-12 issues um have gone through a lot of you know change and turmoil over the last six to 12 months so that's one of those games you kind of draw a question mark next to of obviously oregon state was very good last year and you think they'll be good but there's a lot of unknown there. And, and explain this to me again, Kevin, just to refresh, with the Oregon State thing, with the the Mount West that isn't the Mount West, but is the Mount West, but it's kind of the Mount West. This will not – will this count toward their Mountain West record or just their overall record? And then the other way around for Oregon State, does this count as a conference record type of deal? How does that work again? Yeah, so it's – it's yeah, non-conference basically. It doesn't count towards Mountain West standings and Oregon State and Washington State – cannot compete for the Mountain West title. So they could, you know, they could go 11-1, but they wouldn't be playing for the Mountain West title. They basically, as far as football is concerned, are um, independents, um, even though they're mostly playing a Mountain West schedule. So yeah, that, like I say, when you're looking at schedule, just consider it a non-conference game, even though it's a pseudo handshake conference game. Yeah, it's why we have you on here, Kevin, to help us help ease the confusion just a bit. Uh, October 12th, home against San Jose State. Then we start the official Mountain West play there um, at Air Force. I mean, Air Force, I don't care who comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Air Force is still Air Force. Yep, yep. You just assume that they're going to be very good, very physical, discipline you know just all the things that they are every year that game 
is always going to be tough. And CSU hasn't won at Air Force since, I want to say, 2002 or something like that, um, basically like a 1,000 years. So that's always a tough game. Yeah, it will be. How about, you know, I, I skipped past them, but San Jose State, what do you make of them for, for the upcoming year? Again, a bit of an unknown. I think, um, you know, they they were, want, weirdly, um, a victim of, Nick Saban's retirement because Brent Brennan, their coach, who I think is excellent, then got um, basically part of a lot of reshuffling. He ended up at Arizona, which was all part of the trickle down of when Nick Saban retired, a bunch of movement that happened. Uh, So losing him, I think, is huge because I think he did a great job. Um, Obviously, he's put a lot of things in place, so they may be able to keep it going, but they're another big unknown um, CSU, I need to go back through, but I think CSU is playing seven coaches that are in their first year at the program, um, and they're one of them. So a lot of these teams, it's sort of a question mark of like, gosh, we don't really know. Yeah, that's the tough part, too. I mean, it's on one end, it's good. You know, an unknown can be good because, hey, maybe they, they've got a lot of things to learn. They're ironed, ironing some kinks out. But at the same time, it's a situation where you, you, you have film on the team, but you don't have film on maybe the new coach or new philosophy. Yep, exactly. A lot of unknown. And, and so, yeah, it's it's just hard to predict those. Uh, coming up next, then you look at what's, um, you know, what was it, New Mexico next there, I believe, Kevin? Yeah, home New, Mexico, against New Mexico home. That, that, you know, another first-year coach. That's, um, that's a team CSU historically has beat, I think, 13 in a row. Um, you have to win those games at home if you want to be a bold team. Yeah, you, you got to take care of business there. Oh, and then you're November 2nd at Nevada. That's always fun for Coach Norvell to go hang yeah. out with his old pals yeah, I think there. There's still some spiciness, even though you know the, Ken Wilson, who um, there was that little tiff with, is gone. Uh, I think there's still some bad blood in Nevada. And you know, even new coach came in and see if you flipped a Nevada commit late on um, during the recruiting period here. So there's still probably a little spice there. But again, it's a first-year coach who, you know, I think has done really well at his previous stop. But first-year coach, if CSU wants to be a bold type of team, um, you know, that's a game you look at as they should win. You know, you know there aren't many Nevada guys left, um, but there's still Tory Horton. Uh, you know, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi was a Nevada commit. So you'll have some guys uh, pretty intent on that game. Home against Wyoming. The home schedule's pretty I mean, just the Colorado and Wyoming game alone right there. Those are those are gonna be yep. exciting. Wyoming though, um, they're they're gonna be entering this season for the first time in a while without Craig Bowl. Yeah, exactly. You know, obviously keeping the higher in house, you know, a lot will stay the same, but Bowl, you know, he he obviously ran that program and ran so well that you know, that's another big question mark. You don't know how that transition will go and again CSU needs to start winning some rivalry games I don't care uh you know it's year three in Norvell you kind of are to that point where you have to start winning them it's not well you know they've been established or oh this or that you just gotta start winning some of them so you know you have two of the three big ones at home in Colorado and Wyoming so you know time to get some trophies November 23rd we're rounding out the season here uh, at Fresno State who turned out? I mean, what was Fresno State's record last year, Kevin? Yeah, they're very, they're kind. Of, you know, they've been your squad for a while here. You've, you've sort of liked some of the things I they've did. been yeah, doing. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but, but again, um, you know, they have some changes, but their that program seems to be doing really well. That that feels like a very, you know, one of the harder games on the schedule. I, you know, obviously Texas is is the toughest. 
Um, but then by that, I think CU, Oregon State, and Fresno State are probably in that, you know, your tier two of toughest games. And the final game of the season, November 30th, going uh, home against, uh, staying at home against Utah State. Yeah, and that's one, it's hard to know right now, you know, if it's a, you know, important game with something on the line, um, you know, CSU needs to find a way to win that, but, you know, those late November games can be very funky based on who is and isn't playing for something. Well, Kevin, I mean, again, I want to, I, I don't know, do you have a number in your mind? You don't have to lay it out completely, but do you think that they, at least based on this schedule, and you already kind of knew, um, do they go bowling next year? Yeah, right now I sit at either six or seven wins. I have a couple, you know, I, I put you know Texas down as a loss, Oregon State down as a loss, probably uh, Fresno and Colorado are probably on that side too. But then you have some coin flip games, you know, like a Wyoming at home, for instance. That's a, you know, that can be a big swing game. You have to take care of business at home. I mean, CSU probably needs to or should win at least five of the seven home games. All right, Kevin. When we come back, let's get into the basketball side of things. I'm glad you could take us through that. Looking at the schedule initially. But, Kevin, I'm going to surprise you with something here. I got a story that I pulled from ESPN. It was the recap of the Nevada CSU game, and I want to use this to really build up just how important Kevin Lytle and writers like him are. It's the whole show powered by Chevron. Whole show. No, it's not. It's Rams Weekly. What am I doing, Michael? (laughs) Rams Weekly. Kevin, we'll be right back, my man. Appreciate you hanging on the line. Welcome back to Rams Weekly, presented by Miranda Simpson, State Farm Insurance. Kevin, uh, I saw this being floated around on Twitter actually this morning, and it was a story. It was on ESPN. It was it was the recap of the Nevada CSU game, which was such a crazy basketball game, as you know. And it was written by Data Scrive. Is that what it is? Scrive Data Scrive. It is an AI produced story. And it basically just gives you the stats. It basically tells you the box score with maybe the the game winner in a paragraph there at the beginning. Very short story. In what was a very significant basketball game in the Mount West Conference. So I just wanted to take this moment. I know the times they are changing, but people like you being out in the trenches every day, learning the stories of these teams and coaches and players, and then getting the story of the game. Uh, in my, it will never replace guys like you. So I hope this crap just goes away. But I don't know if you had a chance to read it. It was awful. Yeah, I did see it. Uh, depending on your mood, I guess, mildly funny or very alarming. And, and yeah, mostly just weird because... I mean, I guess it's not technically inaccurate that Jared Lucas did score 23 <laughs> points and hit a game winner true. with a second remaining, um, but that maybe undersells uh, what the three-pointer was <laughs> a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I guess, if anything, I would just say this highlights the value of local journalism and boots-on-the-ground journalism and people to not only tell you what happened, because a robot can do that um, in the simplest way, but to 
explain a little bit how it happened and what it means because certainly that story has none of that. Yeah, I mean that's everything in this article you can get from the box score. You can get it from yeah. the box score. You don't need to even read this. But what you put together is in the Colorado and you can expect, hey, we're I'm going to tell the story of the game, how we got here how we got to the end, um, what the coaches are saying, what the players are saying. So if anything, this kind of story just screams, hey, keep supporting local journalism. Yeah, I hope so, because yeah, obviously if that is the standard bearer, that will uh, hurt the information gathering for everyone in the world. Yeah, well, okay, Kevin, since you were at that game, it, you, you're not a robot. Let's talk about it. Nevada, Colorado State. This was an important game, really an important game for both, um, but we knew CSU, hey, to take some of the pressure off to end the season, a win against Nevada would be ideal. It didn't feel like the Rams were even going to get that close as this game progressed. They did. Isaiah Stevens had worked some magic, but as as we know, um, Lucas hits the half-court buzzer beater and breaks everybody's heart in Moby Arena. Yeah, it was a wild, wild finish. Um, you know, Nevada had built an early lead. CSU kept chipping away in the second half, but could never really get right there. And then, you know, very improbably, Jared Lucas, who's a, like a 91% free throw shooter, he's basically automatic, missed three of four in the final, like, 18 seconds. And that opened the door. Isaiah Stevens hit one bucket. Lucas missed two more. And then Stevens hit one of his patented mid-rangers to tie it um, with two and a half seconds left. You know, Nico Medved said after he goes, at that point, I, I was certain we were going to go overtime and, and win in overtime. And you could see why. CSU would have had all the momentum. Nevada was in massive foul trouble. Like, if that goes to overtime, I, I think CSU is a heavy favorite. But then, yeah, Lucas... Uh, catches the inbound, two dribbles, and behind half-court heave, and, and he just banked it in. and uh, Just a, a crazy finish and really stunning finish in a lot of ways and obviously damaging for CSU and, and huge for Nevada. Yeah, just, I mean, it, it now for CSU, it just puts more pressure on those final two games and maybe even in the Mountain West Tournament, Kevin. I know we've talked about it. Yeah, but it it does come down to it. I mean, if you if you you cannot lose to Wyoming. I mean, again, you could still go on and go, do crazy things in the Mount West, but don't you feel like it's really going to hurt your chances if you lose to Wyoming or Air Force? Yeah, the margin for error has definitely shrunk. I think you know, CSU is still not a bubble team yet, but if they were to lose one of these two, then yeah, I think they would be right on the bubble. So it, it is very important. You know, these two final home, or excuse me, regular season games are tricky because the wins in them don't help you a ton. I mean, they wouldn't be good for metrics. Um, they don't, you know, other than not losing, they don't do much. But because of that, if, if they are a loss, they're, you know, really damaging. So, so yeah, it's really important. But, you know, you can say then, obviously it's true, but also in, in a lot of ways, the you know the game plan would be to win both these anyway, so it's not like that has changed much. But no doubt, CSU could use some wins uh, just to you know kind of get the the vibes and mojo going back in the right direction. Kevin, we brought this up on the whole show earlier uh, today. 
just about Saturday. Obviously, it's a big game for so many reasons, but it's going to be a very emotional game um, with Wyoming. I, I, I do believe, Kevin, you correct me if I'm wrong, CSU is going to hold a, a moment of silence, of course, for the three swimmers yeah. that lost their lives last week. Um, it's it's Isaiah Stevens' final game at Moby. It's senior night. I mean, this is going to be a very emotional Saturday for so many reasons. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all all, all sorts of stuff going on. Like you say, obviously the the absolutely tragic death of the three Wyoming swimmers um, on the drive back up north on two a seven. What a little over a week ago or about a week ago. And yeah, you're right. CSU plans to have a moment of silence for that. Um, obviously, especially on the Wyoming side for folks coming down um, on that, that same drive, it's going to be just really emotional. And that's, you know, that's, that's a hard thing that everyone's dealing with. And then the basketball side, yeah, it's going to be, you know, there are five guys who are out of eligibility. Obviously, Isaiah is the you know, biggest one because he's, you know, he's one of the absolute faces of the program. You know, if we're talking Mount Rushmore, of CSU men's basketball, he, he might well be the first face you put up there, so to speak. Um, and then, you know, the other guys have all been important, you know, Josiah Strong's a starter, Joel Scott, you know, it's just one year, but he's having a really good one year. Pat Cartier has been really good for two years. Uh, obviously Joe Palmer is sort of a, a fan cult hero. So um, a big group and you know, one of the pillars of the franchise all playing their last game at Moby. It's crazy to a lot of big names that you just mentioned too, that have been a big piece to, what the Rams have done this year, and in some of them, uh, a big piece to what they did last year as well. But a uh, but a big game either way. And again, the basketball side of things, which I know seems so secondary when we get uh, the news of, of what happened with um, with Wyoming last week. But on the basketball side of things, um, I know the Cowboys haven't had the season they wanted. Being able to sweep CSU in the regular season would be a big thing for them. Yeah, it'd be huge. Obviously, it was an insane comeback up in Laramie for the Cowboys, um, kind of the thing that CSU was trying to do in Nevada the other night. And then, yeah, you know, there's a team that on their day can be quite good, and you know they're saying, you know, let, let's make sure we're rolling in March and, you know, have some confidence going into the Mountain West Tournament. And, yeah, they would love to come in and see it, ruin CSU's senior day and, you know, damage their resume for the NCAA Tournament, all those things. So, um, Wyoming isn't coming just to make up numbers at the party. They're, you know, they're coming to crash it. Yeah, no question about it, Kevin. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, Rams Weekly continues on the other side. Let's look at the Mountain West. Some big games coming up in the area or in the in the conference that we'll be paying attention to as well. It's Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. Weekly continues here with Kevin Lytle and me, Brady Hole. Glad you guys could be with us here. Uh, I want to thank our wonderful sponsor, Miranda Simpson at State Farm Insurance, who is also a CSU alum and cares deeply about all things Colorado State. Kevin, we're looking at these standings. It's still crazy to me. You got a CSU team that's 20 and 9 
but eight and eight in the conference, and yet, and they're way down. You know, not you know, a little below the middle of the pack in the Mount West. And if that doesn't tell you that a twenty and nine team is that far down, man, that doesn't tell you that this conference is ridiculous. I don't know what will. Yeah, it really is wild. I mean, seventh in the Mountain West, and you know, right now considered you know very firmly in the NCAA tournament field. That that tells you a lot about this league. And you know, UNLV to me has become maybe the the most fascinating team because. Ever since Kalen Boone became eligible, they're playing basically like an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, they had the stunning loss to Air Force, but honestly, other than that, they've been awesome since Boone became eligible. You know, obviously those games before him count, but man, they are they are wrecking some things. No doubt, and that's the thing. Like, you're going to have your consistent teams that you think are going to be pretty good, and then your other teams that maybe just hung around. Bam, they get a key player back or figure something out. And here we go. Uh, it's it's absolutely wild. So entertaining for us, but it's also like none of this makes sense anymore, Kevin. I don't even know who I am. Yeah, it, it really is tough to figure. I mean, anytime you think you've kind of got a handle on things, because there are a few of those teams, you know, UNLV obviously being an example of they can lose by 35 or whatever it is at home to Air Force, but they can beat basically everyone else. You know, New Mexico we thought was going to be invincible at the pit and has lost three games, including to Air Force, but they've also picked up some huge wins. Um, it's it's just baffling across the, the board. You know, CSU obviously is in that mix. You know, they can and have beat everyone, you know, basically everyone on their night, but they can't win on the road. Yeah, and that's been the – obviously that's been the biggest issue for CSU, that they can't win on the road. Uh, dropping the home game to Nevada was tough because we kept saying rule number one. Well, it's true. Rule number one, win at home. And we're not worried. Well, you lost at home, and now we're a bit worried. It means you have to win your final two games to ensure a trip to March Madness. When you look at the rest of the the stand, when you look at the standings, you know you've got Utah State, Boise, San Diego State, Nevada getting that big win, and as you, you were talking about, UNLV and New Mexico and CSU. As far as like chances of still overtaking that first spot in the Mountain West standings, Kevin. This is still pretty wide open. Unfortunately, not for the Rams, but Utah State, Boise State, San Diego State, Nevada, UNLV. You could all have an opportunity to overtake that spot. Am I right there, or maybe New Mexico's out of this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is really jammed up. I feel like Utah State definitely has the inside edge now. That win at home over San Diego State um, last week, was it? Uh, that that felt really huge and, and pivotal, and they they have a, you know, obviously every game is a little tricky, but it seems manageable for them. Boise has a really tough march, so is New, but that also means you have opportunities to uh, make some moves. So yeah, it still feels really wide open. You know, I think Utah State's sort of your your lead horse at the moment, but it is it is wide open. Friday night, March first, you got Utah State playing host to Air Force, and all they got to do is just take care of what they're supposed to take care of at this stage. Uh, same for Nevada. Nevada's got to follow up, Kevin. They got the an eight thirty game on CBS Sports Network. They got to follow that up and not, you know, lose to a, a Fresno State team that's four and eleven in the conference. So, not like the biggest games in the history of the world, but it's more like, hey, if you two teams want to continue to, uh, you know, fight for that regular season title. Get, you know Nevada building on that resume. You you got to take care of the teams you're supposed to take care of. Yeah, those are the hold serve kind of games, and you know 
Fresno State, to to their credit, you know, I thought they had sort of checked out. You know, honestly, when uh, when CSU played out there, it, it looked a lot like a team that was sort of on cruise control through the season. Uh, but they just gave Utah State a really big run. And you know, speaking of banked three pointers, it took a banked three pointer from Utah State to force overtime and and save a a big win against Fresno State. So. Um, these are tricky. They're all tricky. Yeah, well, how about Saturday? Obviously, we've got the Wyoming-CSU game, 2 o'clock. Uh, and then New Mexico-Boise State, 6 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. That that one will do it, Kevin. That's a monster game. That's huge. Uh, you know, Boise State obviously needs to win to, you know, in theory, keep pace with uh, for the league title there. New Mexico is a bubble team. Them and Nevada are still, you know, on the bubble there. Um, and that's one of those, you know, if they were to lose it, that's not a bad loss. Huge hockey for New Mexico, not only in the league, but to really secure an NCAA tournament burst. So, yeah, that um, is a huge, huge game uh, on Saturday for the, you know, the Mountain West as a whole. It's one of those gush, you know, if you're the league, obviously league office, so to speak, doesn't root for anyone, if you will. But... New Mexico win that probably make sure New Mexico gets the NCAA tournament, which is good for the league. So yeah, I mean it. It's like, you know, that that that's a big one. Yeah, no, I I am excited for that one. It's been so much fun to watch these games all year. It's been stressful. It's exactly what you kind of advertised that it was. You know, the winner might lose five. It's sure looking like that's going to be the case, and then you know, these teams would beat each other up. But I do think that nationally and. You know the the powers that be when they're going through the the uh, who's getting in and stuff. Um, the respect factor for the Mount West is still going to be up there, even though some of these records might not look as sexy. Yeah, I, it definitely seems to be. You know, the NCA did its sort of mock reveal of you know sort of early bracket, and you know the top four seeds only, and they had San Diego State as a four there, which I think voted really well for how the committee is viewing the Mountain West and. Yeah, at this point, you know, speaking today, February 29th, I think five is going to be your minimum for the Mountain West. Five's going to be the minimum. How about that? I mean, you still th- you still feel strong about six? Yeah, I think it's it's quite possible. You know, obviously it hurt CSU fans, but Nevada winning that game really boosted Nevada. I think um, you know they still have work to do, of course, but um, that really put them in a better spot. New Mexico especially because that home lost Air Force really has to do some work because that's a significant wobble. Um, and CSU, like we mentioned earlier, still has to finish things off. But all those teams have a pretty good chance. And the others, you know, San Diego State's a deadlock they're in. Utah State, I think, is now a deadlock. You know, I guess maybe if they went 0-3 the rest of the way, they'd be out. But that, that feels unlikely. Boise State, maybe not deadlock, but it's pretty close. So, I mean, I'm – I'm feeling pretty good. And then, you know, if we really want to talk crazy world, but it's not that crazy, UNLV could go win the dang Mountain West mm. tournament and just make it a seven spot. Yeah, I wouldn't. You and know that what? Is, that's not impossible. And no. that team is good enough to do it. No, I, I think you're right. And, you know, you fast forward even into next Tuesday in the regular season, on uh, you've got San Diego State and UNLV yep. going at it there. There's another prime opportunity for for UNLV. Yeah, so I like I say I think five's gonna be the minimum. I, I can't really see it going down to four and I still feel fairly positive that six is 
is a pretty realistic thing. Yeah. Well, and, and still to finish up too, we're going to have some good games that that Tuesday night as well. Nine o'clock, as we said, San Diego yeah. State, UNLV, Nevada, and Boise State. So it's like that. That's the beautiful part of having six, or seven teams that are pretty decent, pretty good. Is almost every Mountain West night you're going to get a good basketball game. Yeah, it's pretty much unavoidable that there's going to be at least one, and um, it's just made it really fun. Any you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, you can turn on TV and, and have a really good Mountain West game. All right, Kevin, when we come back, we'll wrap up Rams Weekly here. Let's talk about what this basketball team needs to do to make sure they win these next two games. How do they correct some of the issues that have been plaguing them for the last couple of weeks? It's Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. Welcome back into Rams Weekly here on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Glad you could be with us here today. Uh, Kevin, when you now just kind of looking at this team for CSU, obviously we know what's in front of them. We know what they have to do here. Um, you know, when you look at what the, what the issues have been, they're just miss, missing three-pointers and things like that, but maybe that's simplifying it too much. What what are some of those issues for CSU at this stage? They've been in a lot of close games and, and certainly shown that they belong with any team in the Mount West, but just a lot of times, especially in conference play, have just not been able to close the deal. Well, Brady, the biggest problem is they didn't get Victor <laughs> Wimbiana to come to CSU. I don't know why they don't have a player like him because they're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, because that would, that would solve their issue. I, I also don't know why. They haven't brought back all their best players from previous eras um, and turned them 20 again and made them NCAA eligible because that would solve it too. Um, no, just tongue-in-cheek of some of the ludicrous things you, you hear and oh. feedback, so to speak, about the team. Yeah, there are flaws on this roster, just like you know, 98% of college basketball rosters. Um, there are some flaws, but this team is good. It's a very good on its day, great. Um, when it's clicking, but right now I think the biggest thing we're seeing is just, you know, the offense is slumping and they, I guess the good news is they've realized they need to just try and dominate inside and mostly are doing that. They're a good two point team. They've been good in the paint, but the three point shooting has completely abandoned them. Um, Isaiah Stevens and Nick Clifford are the only guys on the season shooting above their career three point average. Everyone else is below, which is really weird. Um, teams are sagging the paint because of that, which makes that paint dominance harder. And you just have some guys that I think are, you know, a little hesitant on shooting and decision making because of those slumps. So you hope it's one of those, you know, you'll, you'll get a big game and snap out of it. Um, but the, especially a three point shooting has been kind of become a prolonged thing. So now you do start to worry, like, is this just what they're going to be the rest of the season? But, um, it's a, it's one of those things, you know, there are times where, you know, maybe a coach needs to kick some players in the butt and say, let's get going. But I think with shooting and confidence, it's the opposite of, you know, keep shooting it, keep shooting it, keep shooting it. You know, if you're on the wing and kicked out for an open three, you need to just trust it. Um, but it's hard. It's easy for you and I to sit here and say, well, why don't you just sit out there and, and make it? That, that seems a good option. 
uh, it's hard to do uh, when you're you know a team or players lacking some confidence. Why don't you just make every shot? Um, bring back every star player, and while we're wishing for that, Kevin, just bring back like Michael Jordan in his prime. You know, why why not just do that? Can we can we bring him to CSU in his prime? Is that is that a possibility? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I love that. You know, if this team had player X, you know, they'd be great. I said, well, yeah. So every team in the conference can do that. You know, if San Diego State had Kawhi Leonard, they'd probably be better. You know, if Utah State had Sam Merrill or or Namiya Keda, they'd probably be even better. You know, every team in the country can play the. Well, if we had one of our best former players game, so kind of silly there, but, uh, but yeah, like I say, CSU, yeah, there are some flaws in the roster, but everyone has them. You have to figure out how to play with, with your group and CSU has a very good group that we know on their day can be very good. They just need to <laughs> be doing it in March. Now, it's not to say that, you know, Medved doesn't have these guys practicing their paintwork. Obviously, they're they're actually pretty good in the paint. But now, what you're starting to see, Kevin, especially it seemed like in that Nevada game, you're not making the three, so we're going to scout you. You guys are cold right now, and until you warm up, we're going to, as you said, sag off into that paint. We're going to double team you in the paint. So I would imagine the focus is going to really be, not that it hasn't been, but what do you do with that basketball bigs when you get that ball in the paint? Um, when they're bringing that double, you either got to beat the double and score quickly or shoot quickly or or you, you absorb the double and you wait and you're patient and you find that open shot. Uh, maybe that's on the outside. Maybe that's the three or maybe it's a little bit closer up. But I, I'll be curious to see kind of how that how that might work for Coach Medved as they prepare for Saturday's game. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, things things do change as, like you say, defenses are, you know, basically daring CSU to beat them with three-pointers. So that makes it harder inside um so yeah that, that affects your decision making and timing and all those things so yeah it, it absolutely can change things also i don't know if it's relevant or not you know it's players play through injuries obviously they're uh, you know a guy like pat cardi is not going to sit there and whine and you know make sure everyone knows he's hurting but you do wonder you know he when he's on the csu offense is so good uh, but he's only scoring about seven points per game since that San Diego State game where he, you know, rolled an ankle pretty bad. He's been playing, and you can't visibly see thing. I don't see him hobbling, but there is part of me that you know wonders. You know, is he hurting a little bit, and that's affecting some of his play, especially inside? You can imagine with a tender ankle getting banged by a big guy. You know that physical fight that you have in the paint probably doesn't feel awesome on ankles. So I've been wondering that too. Again, I don't think there's an answer because they're not going to say, well, you know, oh yeah, woe is Pat. Um, Cause that's not who he is, but um, it is something to wonder about. Yeah. Well, and I know, um, you know, just being able to talk to these guys and everything, they, they're probably not, they don't want to, they don't want to make it seem like there's an excuse, but I think you're exactly right to go there because it wasn't that long ago. We're talking about Patrick Cartier, where I think even on Rams Weekly, Kevin, you said, hey, if this injury is worse than we than we mm-hmm. think it is right now, the Rams have bigger issues here. So it wasn't like that injury or that when he got hurt, like it was just anything to sneeze at. Yeah, exactly. I mean, said at the time, you know, everyone was distraught over the terrible second half against San Diego State, which you know, was fair. They scored 11 points. But long term, my concern was Cartier. And again, we don't know for sure, but you can, you know, factually say you know looking at the set that he hasn't played as well since that injury and that really affects CSU offense because you know when he's hitting those three pointers that he gets on on pick and pops that really forces defenses to spread out which is when CSU's at its best and 
Uh, he's also a great passer inside. And so all those things, if, if Pat is just a little off, it can affect the offense. So it's worth you know, wondering about, even if we don't have a concrete answer. All right, Kevin, prediction time then when you look at this. Um, all going to be good? You're going to take uh, – they'll take care of Wyoming. They'll take care of Air Force and maybe even get a, a little insurance win in the Mountain West tournament. Maybe it's not an insurance win. Maybe they have to win it. But uh, all good? They take care of what they need to do? I think so. Um, obviously, I did not say that with a ton of confidence yeah, because yeah. because you know it's hard to have that right now. But on the flip side, like obviously the Jared Lucas shot was crazy, but does that mean CSU is bad? And I thought Nico Medved summed it up well after a game. He said, "You know, it's a results business, and we haven't got the results. We need to find a way to make a couple more plays in a game to win these." He goes, but. Is everything broken? No, it's not. You know, it would be foolish to say that. So that's where I feel. I, I'm confident in this team that they're a good team that, you know, can and will play well. So I think they're going to get going. I think they'll handle Wyoming. And then a week off, I think we'll do them good just to heal and rest. Air Force, we know, is going to be tricky, but I think they'll be dialed in. So um, I meandered around it and wasn't full of confidence, but yes, I think CSU gets these final two regular season games. Well, and I think that's fair. I mean, that's that's the thing that happens. You know, you, you, we do change our tone. These are long seasons. When you have a team that wins a lot early, okay, the confidence is high. They drop a couple, your confidence is still pretty high. But when you when you get to the point where what is it, Kevin? Three out of the last four, or four out of the last five, um, you lose those games, and then you lose a game, uh, you know, that home game to Nevada. You start going, okay. I'm not as confident as I was, but I still think they can take care of it. And uh, the Rams will have to prove us right coming up on Saturday. Yep, exactly. I mean, it's still what I've said, I think, is showing of you know, teams roughly 10 through 40 in NCAA are very similar. And on their day, and you know, depending on matchup and where and all that, they can all beat each other. And we saw CSU, you know, kind of handle that earlier with, you know, like Creighton wins and thing, you know, Colorado and, you know, some of those wins. I think we're seeing the flip side recently of, you know, New Mexico, UNLV, and Nevada are all in that group as well, and they all beat CSU in this round. So, um, you know, what I felt I think is still true, and, and now CSU needs to, you know, take care of a couple of those teams that, yeah, can be dangerous, but aren't in that top 40 or 50. All right, Kevin. We'll see what happens, my man. Appreciate you as always. We'll catch up with you next week for another episode of Rams Weekly. Presented by Miranda Simpson at State Farm Insurance, only on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKX.